Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into the Apple Grant Book Club. In 1928, they like they made tinfoil popular by wrapping Velveeta in tinfoil and putting it in wooden boxes. Like, who knew that Velveeta made tinfoil the fucking famous thing that it is today? Wow! But like, did you need to do that? Because Velveeta's not food, so it doesn't go bad. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh no. I'm literally looking up how to make homemade Velveeta copycat recipes. And it's milk powder, cheddar cheese, gelatin, and boiling water. And like, gelatin. the fact that there's gelatin in there fucks me up. Like, it's not vegan. I didn't. It's not even vegetarian at this point. Oh, and like, okay, listen, I I haven't had Velveeta since college because of trauma, but I could have just found out (laughs) that I've been (laughs) eating Velveeta. Like, I could have just found out that I have never been a vegetarian had Velveeta not done the crimes to me that it did. Oh, shit. Does does gelatin count as a byproduct or is it an animal? I think so. Well, okay, well, let's let's Google. No, I'm pretty sure gelatin is an animal product. I mean, gelatin, I, no, yeah, vegetarian, but, question mark. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, I know it's an animal byproduct, but is it, like, does it count as meat? <laughs> like, what? what's it's the It's animal between? bones. It's butchered and crushed animal bones. I would say that's, that's meat. <laughs> like. That's meat. Gelatin is meat. <laughs> bones Velveeta are meat. is meat. Damn it. <laughs> Velveeta is just meat <laughs> lying about being cheese cheese the main ingredient of Velveeta is meat oh no Okay, since we're thoroughly in American snack culture right now, can I tell you about the recipe that just popped up for me while I was deep in this rabbit hole? Yeah. It is. This is the full recipe, okay? Uh Ritz cracker, Mm -hmm. a chunk of Velveeta, Mm -hmm. Heinz ketchup dripped over it. Ew. You're welcome. Ew. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, This is called, and I'm pretty sure this is a typo, it is called Velveeta ketchup cracks. Crackes. C-R-A-C-K-E-S. That's... I don't... I don't like it when the name explains what it is. Yep. Like... <laughs> I, I don't like it. I don't like any of Based it. Based off what just happened, I'm 
I'm pretty sure this is just like a poor man's hot dog. Like yeah. rich cracker meat ketchup. It's like it's like those hobo sandwiches you used to make in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saltine crackers, butter, and whatever jelly's on the table. Yeah. Wow. I, listen, I was okay with the Ritz cracker and the Velveeta. Like, it's not my go-to. I'd prefer, like, a different kind of cheese situation. But then the ketchup yeah. just kind of... Yes. It's just glooped on top. It doesn't look fancy. Like, sometimes it's not even on the cracker in the picture that they posted. Like, it's just glooped on. Okay, I was picturing, like, somebody took, like, a nice, you know, kind of did it, like, wavy back and forth, like a chef would pour sauce on a plate kind of thing, instead of a gloop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, uh, let me just go ahead and uh, throw this up in, uh... I'm going to do it in a Discord chat. Okay. Um, because that's what I have up right now. <laughs> And uh, I'm just going to send you that right there. <laughs> oh, that's worse than I thought. Oh, see, I was picturing yeah. like a thin slice of Velveeta. This is a full like, oh. like the cheese you put with the toothpicks on the on the plate. That's a cube. That's a cube. That is a cube. Oh. That is an entire brick of Velveeta on 15 crackers. With the catch. Oh, the, the drooping of the catch. Yeah, like, look at that one that's, like, second in on the front line with the ketchup, oh. like, just straight up on the plate. It's on the plate. Yeah, it's it's off the cracker. It's on the plate. Oh, God, and there's another one, like, two down. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Why have they done like, this? Like, it literally... <laughs> I don't know. The worst part is that the recipe has one vote. It is four stars, which is upsetting enough with only one vote. Oh, <laughs> Oh. And this person is just like, it's a real family recipe and a true don't knock it till you've tried it experience. What family recipe is this? This is... It's not even... The recipe is a stretch. Yeah. A recipe involves, like, base ingredients that you mix together. This is three pre-made things that you assemble. Yeah. And by assemble, I mean, like, oh, commit this crimes. This is a Lunchable from hell. This is food crimes. Yeah, this is a Lunchable this from is hell. <laughs> oh, because, like, the Lunchables, at least, you get, like, the cracker, the meat slice, and the cheese, mm-hmm. and then they stop there. There's no sauce to make everything yeah. soggy and, and sad. Yes. Oh, like could they have not done the ketchup real nice on the top? Like get one of those squirt. They could have, like a squirt bottle. They chose not to. Like a restaurant ketchup that you make fun designs with. I don't know. Make a smiley face. <sighs> well, well, my appetite's ruined forever. I'm sorry. No food. No food. <sighs> Nope. <laughs> this is this is gonna we're gonna have to make a lot of choices in editing this particular podcast. <laughs> we have discussed cheese and cheese adjacent things for the first twenty minutes of this podcast. <laughs> we have. <laughs> oh man. Oh no. And I don't want a single moment to be left out. A craft single moment. <laughs> 
I don't want a crap single moment. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, I'm wow. kind of upset that Velveeta's meat. Not that I was going to eat it, but... Velveeta is completely meat. It's just meat. Oh. It's literally, like, all... Of... Okay, the reason it should be classified as meat is because it is all the other parts of the animal except meat. <laughs> except for so... the meat. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So I feel like it just kind of has to hone right in there. Is is yeah, okay. Well, um, vegetarians, uh, Velveeta's off the table. Do I hate not, to tell you, do not eat Velveeta. Do not eat this. <laughs> I'm so I'm, upset. I still to this day, like immediately, cannot discern vegan because when I said Velveeta is not vegan, I completely forgot that cheese is also not vegan. <laughs> So, yeah, I was. <laughs> I was. I have to tell wrong. you, my train of thought was never that you were wrong. It was just it also isn't vegetarian. Like it never occurred to me that that was like a weird statement to begin with. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's also not vegetarian. Who who would have thunk it? Like, <laughs> my God! Wow. Oh, boy. Wow. 20 minutes. We're killing it. Yep. 20, 20 minutes on cheese. Done a tight 20 on cheese. This has been cheese with Casey and Alex. <laughs> oh. Oh, boy. We are food scientists now. Yeah. We are. We're we're food innovators. Food venters. Food donators. Foo-fighters. We are the Foo Fighters. <laughs> this is the secret we've been waiting to reveal to you. <laughs> Surprise, I'm Dave Girl. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, wait, no, we can't make that joke because the drummer just died. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Oh, no, unfortunate. It will be like two months from now when this episode okay. comes out. Oh, no. Too soon. Is uh, it too soon? It might. I don't know, man. I'm just a bird. Well, <laughs> should we? Yeah. Should we talk about other things that are bad? Yeah. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of death and destruction. Oh no. oh, no. I'm sorry to the Foo Fighters oh. and only the Foo Fighters. Yeah. <laughs> Our bad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, would you like me to start summarizing what we just read? Um, sure, yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. I listen. <laughs> you sound a little unsure, and now I'm not sure what to do. Well, I just I'm trying to remember what happened. Oh, it, nothing good. It was. I just remember it was all bad. I don't remember why. It's. Oh, it's all bad. And like, listen, we're reading part two. To chapter 17, which is about halfway through part two, which, yes, that is seven chapters versus the previous episodes, which were like four chapters. Oh, God. So, yes, this is a lot more. Yeah. But I could not have known, because we did this mathematically, the fucking cliffhanger that we are leaving this on. Oh. Let me just take a peek. Like, I, I literally, I don't. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. no. oh, dear. Yep. 
That's yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking correct. I will not lie. I flip to the next page to see. Well, flip digitally. This is the only one I've done digitally. I scrolled to the next page to see if it picked up right there. It does not. It doesn't. <laughs> it does It does not. not. It does not. So I was like, are you fucking kidding me, Michael Grant? Michael Grant. Are you fucking kidding me? You had the audacity to do this. You, sir. (sighs) Sir, the amount of audacity you contain is too high. Fucking unacceptable. I challenge you to fisticuffs. Put your your cigar down. Let's go. You're my second. Put your cigar down. Give me your hat just because I want it. We're going to fight. I want it. I'm going to wear it while you tussle. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear it while we fist fight each other. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. This is a weird energy. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it is a weird energy. And quite frankly, I don't think we brought it. I think Michael Grant brought it to us. Through the first glove on the ground or whatever the fuck he did he threw down the gauntlet and we are just responding to his challenge that's how that goes you slap somebody with a glove when you want to duel them it's disrespect it is disrespect it's like you can't even be slapped with an empty glove that's how sad you are as a person when you have to defend your honor (laughs) all right let's get through this beast all right let's do it okay we start with Frangie. What up, Frangie? Uh, Frangie is on a ship that is heading towards the shore, but it is dark. And in front of them, she can kind of see something happening on the beach where they're going to land, but it's not light enough to tell what the fuck is actually happening. So she touches the Bible in her pocket and tries to think of a prayer. But the only thing that comes to mind is talking about a shepherd. And she's like, I don't want to be compared to a sheep. I don't like that very much. <laughs> so she closes her eyes super tight until she can see stars and when she opens them, Walter Green is staring directly at her. Cute. And he stands up and he makes his way over. It's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> Cute. Oh my god, don't. We can't do this Valley Girl thing again. No, okay. <laughs> too, too much. <laughs> Bypass that. Too much. No, we we can revisit it. I just, I can't do it right before summarizing <laughs> this. <laughs> it will get yeah. too buck wild. Tone is, is a thing. Okay. Nope. Nope. Tones, nothing. I refuse to respect it. You can't control me. You don't have enough badges. Okay. Anyways. (laughs) Oh, no, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Don't be. Control me. You don't have enough. Shit, that's good. It's my favorite thing to say. That's amazing. It's I I thoroughly enjoy it. So there you go. We'll start telling people that. Okay. <laughs> um, so Walter Green gets up and walks towards Frangie to see if she's okay. And uh, she admits to him that she's scared. She is scared of failing the soldiers and not being brave enough or not being capable enough to do her job. And Walter Green is just like, you'll do fine. And then he has to leave her to head off to break up a shoving match between some other people because people are dumb. Uh, and then all too soon over the loudspeaker, there's this call telling them to climb down to the small boats to get ashore. 
and someone who's in charge yells, go over the rail, go down the net. You've practiced this. And Frangie's like, the hell we've practiced this. I certainly have not. That guy hasn't. There's no way. Um, yeah, but she climbs over the slippery railing anyways, and go, she's going down this net that's, like, coated in tar, and she doesn't even realize at first that this, like, netting is actually this, like, wire that's cutting into her palms and her fingers. And then above her is a soldier, Jasper Jones, who's been letting Frangie use him as a medical assistant, and he's like, hey, are you all right? And Frangie's like, fine, but cuts that shit off because... This guy has a major crush on her, and she does not like it. She's like, no. No, Jasper. No. No, no, no. No, I'm not into you. (laughs) So finally, Frangie climbs down into this boat, and it's like she's saying it's like an elevator ride with how wildly it's bobbing in the waves, so it's like coming way up and down, but she manages to get in there. And then this banter starts up between Jasper Jones and a man that they all call Daddy D., because he's just so old. He's like 30. Oh no, what an so ancient man. old. What an what a terribly old man. Grandpa. This he's 29, oh, okay? No. And they're all like what the Look fuck? who's on death's door, Daddy D. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Fuck all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Like, literally the next part of this is that they're asking him how he enjoyed the Spanish-American War. (laughs) The burns are sick. Uh, I mean, okay, the other best part of this is after they're like, hey, you're so old. Like, you're so fucking old. He was like, you're only saying that because you're such a fucking baby that you've never done anything in your life. You don't know anything. You're brand new. And then he starts, like, bragging, like, I've done shit with women that you would never even dream of, baby boy. And then they look at Frangie, and they're like, you've never kissed a girl. You've never even met a girl. I have. (laughs) Oh, no. I This is, like, I do... I do enjoy whenever the dudes are, like starting to talk smack and then they realize there's a woman there and they're kind of like you know Mm -hmm. they kind of adjust their behavior a little bit like i do find that very interesting because that's like not a thing that i mean well it happens in different circumstances but like if you know women didn't fight in world war ii from the americas like i find that an interesting addition like this is like an interesting side effect of like if women Mm -hmm. did fight in world war ii like that kind of shit would happen. Absolutely it would. Like, everybody in that time period is like, oh, no, she can't possibly know. And then, like, trying to, like, realize that against, like, I also just watched her shoot a man, so... (laughs) Where are we? Yeah. (laughs) And, like, uh, this would have hit Rio so differently than Frangie, because Frangie is Baptist, so... Yeah... I'm just thinking of later. Oh, boy. (sighs) Okay, anyways, going back into this, uh, their banter is cut off when there's this whistle blast, and then the boat turns and starts heading in towards shore, and Frangie sees these beams of light searching the water looking for boats, and one of them sweeps kind of close, and then those lights die out, 
but the relief is short-lived because a second later, the shell is fired towards them and they watch as it hits a boat that's near them. And this boat gets totally blown up out of the water, splits in half midair, and then comes crashing back down. And Frangie starts praying to live and then starts contemplating if like, is what I'm praying for that the enemy dies? Am I a bad person? Is this war fucking with me? And then she's kind of thinking like, okay, but no, it's not bad for it to want to stop. And so she's having this whole other thing. (laughs) But then the boat runs aground. It is jerked to a stop. They are on a sandbar and the shore is a quarter mile away. So they have no hope of swimming it, even if they didn't have full gear on. Some soldiers jump out in the water. They try to like lift the boat, push it, but they can't get purchased on this wet sand. So they get pulled back in. And then they're freezing, they're wet, they're watching helplessly as all of these shells are falling down around them, and then one explodes 50 feet astern. They're sitting ducks! That's where we end that chapter. Yeah! They are sitting ducks! Ducks sitting there. Oh no. They are, they are ducks. They are just ducks. I, I do enjoy Frangie having that, that existential moment of like... Do I wish death upon the enemy if it means that we get to live? Such a yeah. such a Catherine and Michael Apple Grant's sort of sentiment there. Right. Like, yeah, hey, uh, we are on these girls' side because we are telling the story from the perspective of these girls. But also, just so you know, what you are asking for is the death of other people just like these people. And it's like, well, if you didn't put it like that, this would have been a lot easier to stomach, actually. Yeah. yay (laughs) everything sucks everything sucks i hope by now people know my tone well enough that's that is a good thing that they do that (laughs) like the way i said it with my mouth words implied it was bad but that was not what i meant yeah yeah yeah. oh no but it could be become them i see i've become I've become just Rachel in their stories, raging. Why does it have to be so hard? <laughs> Why can't we just be the good guys? Yep. Why is it like this? Yep. Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, well, would you like to go down into a submarine? <gasps> Sorry, I was trying to think, like, would I like that in real life? I mean, yes to this context, but, like, would I like that in real life? Yeah, well, would you like that in real life? I don't know. There okay. is a place by me that has a decommissioned submarine where you can spend the night, like an Airbnb. Is it underwater? It's not underwater, but it is attached to a museum that you can go in all night. Oh my god, that sounds so fucking rad. I'd do that. Right? Okay. Maybe, let's do it. Maybe we should let's do go that. go to the sub. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. It's allegedly haunted. Does that change your mind? Fuck yeah, let's go! <laughs> Okay. Oh no, sweet. is it haunted by Let's like dead World War Two sold? Oh no. Probably. Oh. I, d- I don't know. Okay. Let's do it. I've never spoken to these specters. <laughs> Alright, yeah, let's do it. Okay, but Excellent. Let's let's go hang out with Rainy, I guess. Oh, okay. This is pre haunted. Pre haunted submarine. Yes. Just so we're in the right headspace. Yeah. All right. So Rainy is stuck in this metal tube next to Cisco, who is tied up in every iteration of Sailor's Knot in the manual. (laughs) Yeah, Cisco is gross. I hate this guy. Yeah, he's bad. I've always hated this guy. Yeah, he's horrible. I've always hated him. Yeah. 
Um, and he's also a giant fucking baby. Mm-hmm. So he's screaming and cursing and freaking out because he's a stupid idiot baby. And I hate him. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> he has he a very <laughs> legitimate condition called claustrophobia, but we still hate him. <laughs> I mean, he Listen, does this has nothing to do he with his claustrophobia. Yeah. He sucks. Yeah. Uh, you you can you can have a very and, real condition claustrophobia and still suck, and that's what this is anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, listen. Sorry. You could never mind. Never mind. Listen, it's not bad to have claustrophobia. So it's bad to be a shitty person. Yes, stop being a shitty person. <laughs> sorry. If you're a nice person with claustrophobia, I'm sorry. <laughs> You know what? Storm from the X-Men has claustrophobia. Love Storm. Would never call her a terrible shitty person that I hate. So there. Suck it. Suck it. I guess. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I don't even know who I'm raging against anymore. Oh, I'm so sorry. I will be quiet. (laughs) Don't be. Never. Never be quiet. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh. But you know who should be quiet is Cisco, yeah. who is screaming yeah. and freaking out. He's terrible. Uh, the sailors around him are momentarily like, this guy. But then they're like, we will knock him out, though, with this wrench. And Rainey's like, just hold off for a minute. It's it's fine. Um, and then Lieutenant Commander Alger appears, navigating the pipes and tubes like he has lived here his whole life. I think she compared it to, like, a monkey going through the rainforest like this dude is just he knows what subs are all about yeah yeah it reminded me yeah. of um, he's like a f- the the aircraft carrier book of an or uh, animorphs yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh man yep anyway yeah exactly anyways uh this guy's like a foot taller than rainy and he is like just traveling with ease and rainy has like given herself a concussion twice over already so <laughs> you know yep um yep and when he appears cisco behaves a little bit better despite the fact that he had been calling everybody limey bastards like a second earlier yeah <laughs> and then he's like are we underwater are we under the water and elder's like no and cisco's like i don't believe you <laughs> <laughs> oh, god shit. Yeah. Uh, luckily, Alger drops this pleasant facade and is like, shut the fuck up or I'll have this hairy bastard of a petty officer stuff you in a tube until you calm the fuck down. Uh, and he's like, by the way, Rainy, can you come speak to me in the control room? And she's like, yeah, okay. Um, and then like, oh my God. Okay, they do, they do this a few times and they, Michael Grant does this a few times in the books where they talk about like submarines versus in the movies. Like Rainy has seen a submarine, at least one submarine movie. So she keeps getting like surprised. And I just love this detail where she's like, okay, we'll go to the control room. And she's expecting to see like the maps laid out, like the big sonar things and like room to work. And instead it's like this little closet that like on every square inch of it, it looks like somebody has put like pipes and dials that they ordered from some magazine, just shoved them in corners and like tubes everywhere. She's like, this is so disorganized and chaotic. I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. 
Yeah, but it's great. So anyways, once she's there, Alger's like, oh, okay, so what you're going to be doing is hot bunking, which means when the chief's room isn't in use, you're going to be sleeping in there. And otherwise, you're welcome to like take in what leisure you can in the petty's officers, petty officer's mess. And Rainey's like, so you want me to stay out of the way? And Alger's like, oh, oh, no, no. I would never say it so abruptly like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved that about him. I fucking loved it when he did that. This guy's awesome. Um. It was so, I love this guy. Like he, there, he did nothing to make me love him, but like just his attitude. I'm like, I feel like we'd get along really well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, he's like, he's basically like, I, I'd never say it so, so abruptly, but then he's like, so we're just not used to women in the service. And Rainey's like, yeah, it's pretty new for us too. And then he's like, so you're fine. Like you haven't done things though. Like you're in an office, right? And she was like, oh, well, I was in this battle in Africa and like, you know, I was really just baggage there, but like, make no mistake. There were women out there fighting and doing cool shit. And he, Alger's like, oh, oh God. <laughs> like, I can't imagine our women doing that. And like Rainey wants to keep arguing it, but she basically drops like a smart ass line. Like, well, maybe if your women would shoot a gun, you wouldn't be so stretched thin so whatever anyways uh it was great so she's eventually dismissed once she becomes argumentative not argumentative but like once she starts making great points you know you know rainy she says smart things and everybody's like i don't know how to handle this smart woman i don't know how to handle this skirt she's dismissed i don't know how to handle this smart woman she just keeps making these great points that i can't argue with with my man brain even though i'm so superior to her woman brain why because why (laughs) okay (laughs) so anyways (laughs) oh god um so uh they are rainy's dismissed she heads back over to cisco who has been untied but like still not sure about this guy and they're instructed on how to best maneuver around the sub, like how to grab the like pipes and things and blah, blah, blah. And like Cisco does this thing where he almost grabs one and the guy grabs his arm and is like, not that one. You'll leave skin behind if you touch that one. And I'm like, then why are we telling them to use the pipes for maneuvering? They'll never remember which one. Ugh. But whatever. Yeah. Um, this lecture wraps up and Cisco just kind of bolts out of there and climbs up the steel ladder to open the hatch up top. And Rainy joins him. And then she has this realization up there of like, you know, Cisco has a point. This kind of sucks how, like, cramped and terrible it is down there. And then she's, like, up there for a while, like, breathing in this, like, fresh sea air. And then she's like, but also it is cold and wet up here, so I do hate this, too. Um, And then she reminds Cisco, like, by the way, you do have to come back down at some point because we do have to, like, submerge at some point. They're interrupted by this doctor who just, like, climbs up there and is like, here, take some opium (laughs) and it'll calm you down. And, like, the doctor watches as he takes it. And, like, Rainy has this, like, uh, opium? Like, okay, are you sure this is good? Are you sure this is going to work? It'll work. I don't know. He probably won't get addicted. It's only going to be a week of this. It's probably fine. Yay. Which is, like, the type of doctor that I expect from, like, the military in this time period. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Like, this is the, the purest form of, like, there's ghosts in your bloods do cocaine about it. Like, what? It is great. Love this. Have you never seen that meme? No. There's like this meme where it's like old timey doctors used to be like, there's ghosts in your blood. Do cocaine about it. And it's like (laughs) this old school label. Yeah. Oh, dear. (laughs) I'll have to find it. Okay. It's great. Like something. It it is something. (laughs) Dude, submarines look like whales. Oh, boy. 
Like with a with a tower on their back. Yeah. They kinda look like whales. Yeah. Anyway. That's all. <laughs> They're big and gray. <laughs> and they got they got towers on them. They're whales. And they swim. They swim and they go underwater. And they go above water. Mm-hmm. And they have people mm-hmm. living inside them. Just like whales. <laughs> the Pinocchio whale. <laughs> Oh no! I'm sorry. Anyway. Or like um, flapjack. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bubby. Whoa, that was okay. not the voice. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Anyways, uh, so he does he does the the opium, and then they're t- hanging out there for a little bit longer, and this alarm sounds, and Rainy barely manages to like push Cisco down the ladder because he starts freaking the fuck out. She closes the hatch, gets it just before water starts rushing over top of it. And Cisco is like freaking the fuck out. And Rainy is just like pushing him towards where they need to go. And then finally the opium kicks in and he becomes like sluggish and easier to control. And Rainy is like, this is going to be a long fucking week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harsh. Oh boy. Harsh, harsh, harsh. That's that's where we are with the submarine chapter. For now. For now. For now. Uh, you ready to go to another boat, but like a more different boat? Yes, let's go. Let's do it. Okay. So, Rio is in another boat. This is not her first rodeo, which is something she's picked up from Cat, because Cat likes to say, This isn't my first rodeo. <laughs> I love Cat. Everything Kat I find out about her, I love her more. Mm-hmm. Good news. This is not her first rodeo. <laughs> uh, gets me. Anyways, the sun is just starting to rise, and that is helping whoever's firing at them from the shore. They see off a ways that there's a boat stranded on a sandbar, and the coxswain navigates towards them. As they get closer, they realize it's a boat full of black soldiers, and Gear says some absolute bullshit about how, like, these black guys are going to get us killed. Push him out and of the Hansu boat! And Hansu Pang is like... Well, yes. But Hansu Pang is like, hey... The person driving the boat's white, you dumb fuck. So he doesn't add the dumb fuck part. I added that, but I like Hanzu's attitude. He he swears at him later. Yeah. So it's fine. Yeah, yeah, he does. I love Hanzu Pang. Um Me too. Oh my god, he's getting he's just fucking shining. Yep. Anyways. So anyways, they get close to this boat, they toss a rope over it, and they try to like tie it it doesn't work so then they like tie it up tighter and there's the soldiers trying to shimmy across it like to get over to the other boat so like they have one guy come across it and then another one and the third person is this agile woman who rio's like oh my god that's frangy mar and so she gets into the boat and rio's like this is a strangely good omen in a war she's like how are you doing how's it going like they're having this whole like i can't believe you're here kind of a thing like imagine meeting you here yet again the third time we've run into each other in like a few months um and as they're doing this and like having this moment there's a soldier shimmying over, and then with a boom, this mortar hits the boat dead center and, like, blows it up sky high, and the bodies just spill out into the water, and it's, like, red with blood and, like, churning engine, and Rio watches as Frangi reaches towards this body that, like, burbles out of the water, but she can't do anything because this person's clearly dead. And so they're trying their best to, like, recover anyone they can. They do pull someone out of the water who's still alive, but they're, like, seizing up, 
and Frangie calls for help. Rio's right there. She drops down next to her, seeing that they need to get something like between this man's jaws because the, he's just like convulsing. And Frangie's looking him over, looking for the injury, and she can't find anything. And then we find out that it's Daddy D. And she's like, did you hit your head? And he's like shaking his head. And she goes, are you epileptic? And he nods. And oh. Frangie's like, why would you do this? Why would you come fight a war with epilepsy? What are you doing? And of course, he like can't really talk because he's still having a seizure. Yeah. So they like get him start. They're starting to calm him down, starting to get him to stop seizing. She sits him up. And then a bullet comes whizzing through the side of the boat, hits him directly in the middle of the face, and just splits his face open like a watermelon. Yikes. Like, blows it apart. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, so that was wild. And what Rio doesn't notice is that this bullet also nicked her leg on the way through. So she, like, Frangie turns and notices Rio's been hit, and, like, they're like no 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 you're Rio's like I'm fine and they're like no no no. you need to fucking we need to figure this shit out like how bad have you been hit and Frangie like looks at her leg finds a shallow bullet wound and like the round is still lodged into it Frangie's gonna get it out of there unless she wants to go home (gasps) and Rio's like what are you talking about her second out Rio's like what the fuck why would I want to go home and um Rio's like She's like, why would I ever do this? And it's Jeannot that's like, take it, take it, go home, get out of here. Like you could, we could put you on a boat to go back and leave now because you're hit. And Rio's like, no. And so then it just becomes Frangie helping Rio because Daddy D is gone. There's nothing they can do about him. I think it's Hanzu Pang grabs like a, a, like a poncho and covers him. Yeah. Yeah. And Rio gets this like operation where she can't feel it at first because of the adrenaline. But then once the stitches start, like everybody's egging her on too, by the way, like everybody around her is like, oh, Rio, you're so brave. And like, you know, Rio's like, I just can't feel it right now. And everybody's like, no, no, it's just Rio. She would never yell, blah, blah, blah. But once Frangie starts doing the sutures, she can feel the the sutures going through. And she's like, but I can't yell now because everybody will think I'm play acting because everybody just mocked me for this. And so she goes into this, like, she almost, like, disassociates and, like, compares the sharp pain of getting sutures to, like, losing her virginity and then spirals out of control, like, is God going to kill me on the beach because I'm not a virgin anymore? And then, like, that's the dumbest thought I've ever had, (laughs) which I thought was hilarious. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, she's literally like, what? What? No. (laughs) Wait, no. Um, and then she like, of course, covers how her life is absolutely no different now that she's not a virgin. And she's like, why does this even matter? Why is everybody all about this shit? This doesn't even make any sense. Uh, and then Frangie finishes stitching her up and is like, we're tying a bandage around your leg. Keep it clean. See one of the medics as soon as you can. But we're closing in on the beach now. And so Rio just like puts her pack back on, checks how far they are from like disembarking on the beach, realizes she has a minute. She's like, hey. Janot grabbed my knife. Janot's like, you psychopath. All right. And grabs it, hands it to her. That's pretty much what she did. She was like, what the fuck, bro? What the fuck? What the fuck? Uh, But she does it. (laughs) And they prepare to disembark. The ramp drops down. Kat, Tilo, and Hanzu are all ready to go. They run out. And then they drop straight the fuck down because the coxswain didn't get them in close enough. They sink into about eight feet of water. Rio takes off her pack and jumps in. Gear and Cole jump in. 
Rio immediately spots Tilo, who is suddenly brilliantly backlit by this explosion from the beach cool. and kicks over to him. He almost punches her out as he's struggling, but she manages to get around him, take her knife, cut off his pack, and he gets out of the belt himself, kicks up to the surface. Cole surfaces soon with cats, like just spluttering. Rio's kind of having trouble staying afloat. She's getting like taken on water as the waves are crashing over her. And then finally gear surfaces, pulling up a completely unconscious Hanzu. And then between all of them, they manage to kick over to shore, get him there. They pull him out of the water and then gear starts doing CPR to like push the water out of Hanzu's lungs. And after a second, he starts coughing and like puking up the water. And then Frangie and Walter are running down the beach to help them. And like Rio takes this moment where she's like, okay, we have, no ammo, we have no rations, we have very few weapons, but we are on the beach, and we are alive, so okay. <laughs> Fubar! And that's where that chapter ends. Yay. Yeah, Fubar. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Oh shit, it's a lot. That chapter was a non-stop goddamn thrill ride. Yep. Yeah. Oh shit. God. Yeah. God, Rio's second out. Or second opportunity. I mean, like, so the first one, like, fuck that. Like, fuck that, absolutely. Um, But, yeah, I just, this one was, you know, I think a little more legitimate. And she was still like, no, like, tis but a scratch. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, like, uh, I love that so much. I fucking love Rio. Yeah. Like, I know we were... Not sold on her at first, but I kind of love her. Well, I, I mean, just she's changed so much. Like, it like before it felt like she was really trying to just like play a part that didn't fit her, which is you know mm-hmm. what was kind of being reinforced. But now it's like she's made of really fucking tough stuff, and that's really cool. Yeah, um, and- it's super cool, and it's like it's really cool to see her like come into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I wonder at what point she's going to look back and be like, should I have taken that out? Like, should I have, you know, (laughs) did I make a horrible mistake? Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I feel like she's kind of gone like a... It's it's kind of gone a Jake direction for me with how much she's like, there's so much going on in her own head and it's completely different from the view that everybody around her has of her. Oh my God, it's so true. When everyone was like, oh my God, it's Rio, she's so tough and like she's this thing and that thing. I I was kind of like, okay, but like she's still a person, like don't put her on this like pedestal mm-hmm. and you're kind of like dehumanizing her almost. Yeah. And then, like, she looks around, though, and she's like, well, all these people are scared, and they need me to be who I am. And I'm like, well, that's Rachel's thing. That's straight up Rachel. (laughs) It's straight up Rachel. (laughs) And then there's a point later where she's, where it's like, oh, is it bad to laugh? Is it disrespectful to laugh? And she's like, I think the only thing we can do is laugh. And I'm like, well, that's Marco. (laughs) Oh, my God. She's all of them. (laughs) She's all of them. She's all of them. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Uh, we so good. Yep, this is fun. I mean, I feel I feel bad always like comparing stuff to animorphs, but it is 
so fun for me to like find those things. Yeah, yeah. So I'm always like, do I say it or do I just let it go? No, I think, I mean, but like, it's not even necessarily being like, oh, that's just like Animorphs. Like we're pointing out common themes and like why, why the book is good because we like the themes and the themes are, you know, occurring in more than just Animorphs. I don't know. That's true. Yeah, it's thematically correct. I have a... I guess as long as we're not trying to make, like, a one-for-one. Oh, no, no, no. Like, I don't think... Yeah. Um, I had a weird one-off thought when when Gear jumped into the water. I'm like, is the cat still in his coat? Did he just jump into fucking water with a cat in his coat? Like, what the fuck? He did. She was mentioned at the beginning of the chapter. So, yes, he did jump into the ocean with a cat in his coat. What the fuck? <laughs> Get that cat and out And I of don't there. remember any mention after I that. Know. It's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, Miss Cat. Miss Lion or whatever her name is. Miss Lionheart. Was it Lionheart? I, yeah, something mm. like that. I don't know. Um, they just changed her name. Get the cat out of there. Get the cat out of there. Like, this is enough. Like, set the cat free somewhere, because stop this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Stop this with the cat. Stop all this with the cat. Stop this with the cat. This is not a sustainable situation. Yeah. Uh, is that is it supposed to be like, this is Luther Gear's redeeming qualities. He loves animals. Yes, probably. Okay, well. Or, like, maybe it's more of, like, a, even monsters love cats. <laughs> well, okay, wait, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did just visit three, it didn't we? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> monsters love Oh my god. <laughs> oh boy. Oh. Another theme. <laughs> oh boy. Wow. Well, on that note. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you want to revisit Rainy and the Sub? Yeah. Rainy and the Sub. <laughs> oh boy. Rainy. All right. So, Rainy is speaking with Alger. And he's like, are you sure about this mission? You do realize that this is a fool's errand, right? And Rainy's like, I know it's dangerous, but I have a, I have a suicide pill. Don't worry about it. Wow. It's fine. Okay. And every, right. Just bust that shit out. And like, the sub goes quiet. Like, it's normally pretty quiet, but like, everybody is listening in on this conversation now. And Alger's like, I- I don't I don't know about that. She's like, oh, it's a problem. I, I could take it. No problem. Don't even worry about it. Um, and then he's like trying to point out. I was like, well, OK. And then he kind of like backs up to like, you know, women are untested in the war. And like, if you're caught, you'll be treated like a spy. And like, you know, it might be like a little intense for women. And uh, Rainy is just like, fuck all that, actually. Like, I'll be fine. I know exactly what I'm capable of. And I'm. You know, I've looked deep into my soul and I'm more than capable of killing myself. And he's like, okay, well, what about Cisco? He sucks. And Rainy's like, I did think of that and I have a gun. 
<laughs> and that's when Aldred, like, <laughs> it's true. That's what he says. Oh, God. He says it nice, but he says Cisco sucks, okay? <laughs> like, I, I remember <sighs> him being like, Cisco sucks. And, like, also, this is, this is like, a dumb thing you're doing. I don't remember all the, like, oh, yeah. women, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember any of that. So when I said I loved him earlier, I love the parts where I, lo- where I like him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't like that part. He's very much, like, trying to be, like, okay, like, women are in war now. I'm going to get on board with this. But he very much has these moments of, like, ooh, was this a good idea, though? Like, are you sure? Yeah. But... Honestly, I think like by the end of the week with Rainy, yeah, he's like, he, yeah, she's way more badass than fucking anybody. Yeah, like he goes through kind of an arc with with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. And even this one, like this conversation, it very much felt when I was reading it that it was more like a, I just don't think you should have to commit suicide. Like. Yeah. And so he's like, what, women, are you sure about women? But it's more like he was just grasping at, like, I just don't think you should do a suicide thing. Yeah, yeah. Like. This is all dumb and bad. (laughs) Yeah. This is all stupid. Yeah, so that's the next part of this conversation. So Cisco, like, er, sorry, Alger takes her into the command room. Because he's like, okay, this is as private as it gets on the sub. It's not private, but this is as private as it gets. And he's like, hey, I would never say this about the Admiralty ever and i'm not saying this but did you know that sometimes in positions of power people don't have their people's best interests at heart and rainy's like thinking back to everything that happened with her meeting in new york and like the warning and all that like basically alger is like you are being sent into a super bad situation like i realize that what you think you're doing is like good and that's admirable but like you shouldn't die for this. This is stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Rainy realizes that, but she like doubles down. She's like, I have my orders. I, I'm going to do it. Blah, blah, blah. And then a siren goes off and Rainy is fucking forgotten. Like people are running past her, pushing past her, getting to their stations, picking things up. And uh, after moments of this chaos, Alger finally turns around and says, go get your charge. And so she takes off to get Cisco. And finds he's been tied up to this pipe again with the hammock. And he's screaming and thrashing. And one of the sailors is like, keep him quiet. Keep him quiet. We have to go into, like, quiet mode. And so she shoves her arm in his mouth to get him to stop screaming. She can't find anything to gag him with. And he, like, bites down on her. And she just fucking holds it there. Jesus. So badass. Yeah. Um, And then she's watching as they're attempting to unload one of these torpedoes, which is like 20 feet long and it's awkward and ungainly and then suddenly the sub is rocked violently with this huge burst of pressure and rainy distantly thinks like oh in the movie it was like they would just be gently swaying back and forth and like it wasn't a big deal and then there's another explosion it's so much more intense and the pressure hits rainy like a punch to the face and like she kind of like loses it for a little bit and then reorients herself and her nose is bleeding and the sailors have dropped the torpedo and there's this almost comedic thing as like the sub is rocking and the the torpedo is rolling to each side and the sailors are like, oh, jumping over it, trying to avoid getting caught and crushed under its massive weight. Because that's one way to lose like a foot or a hand or whatever. 
Um, and then the sub tips and it rolls back towards Rainy, who avoids it, but it hits the pipe that Cisco is lashed to, and that pipe just completely bursts loose and sends out this hot jet of steam. And Rainy jumps towards Cisco to get him loose, and her hand passes through the steam and like burns her incredibly badly, and the back of her hand all bubbles up. And she keeps pushing to get Cisco loose and gets him there. But as soon as he's free of this hammock bound, he starts pulling and pushing and kicking. And she's trying to get him out of this area. And she's using her body weight against him. But he's bigger than her. And so he's resisting. And then she uses her entire weight to, like, trip him down to the ground. And on the way, he smashes his head on this door frame, which quiets him down a little bit. Almost as much as the swift kick to the side of the head does. (laughs) (laughs) And so, finally silenced, she does manage to get him out of the way. Uh, The sailors get the torpedo under control, but then, like, the blasts have stopped. And they detect that this other ship that was just firing on them has backed off, thinking that it sunk them or crippled them enough. And after a few hours of tense sailing, they surface there where they're supposed to go on their destination. And then Rainy is in her stupid frumpy dress that's terrible with a cyanide pill (laughs) and a gun strapped to her leg. She's got salve on her hand. And now she's getting rowed ashore with Cisco, and she's like, this plant sucks. Her stupid frumpy dress that's terrible. It is terrible. <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. I mean, they described it. They described it. I just I just wanted to embody the feeling of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Not so much the description right. that was written yeah. in the book, which would have been helpful. <laughs> I went the other way. No, that's great. <laughs> um, I have a war question. Both for you and for any, oh. any war enthusiasts listening, Dan. So for Dan and Jeff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, What is, why do they go into like silent mode, quiet mode? Like what's the, because it's not like, you know, there's a fucking German U-boat like over here and it's looking at the American sub and, and you can like hear people yelling on it. Like it's, it's not. Oh my God, Casey. Yeah. I know this one. Okay. Not because of war, but because of mantis shrimp. Mantis shrimp. You can literally hear people. Like, if people are screaming, you can pick that up when you're using sonar, sound, to detect things. Really? So, like, making extra sound can actually be picked up. Okay, so here's what happened. When the Navy was running some tests around where mantis shrimp are, because, you know, they can they punch so hard mm-hmm. that they actually, like, create a... a void of water and it makes like a popping noise that's super loud right Uh so when the shrimp were doing this they were picking that noise up on sonar and it took them years to figure out what the fuck it was like they would just get these wild readings Uh and it was the shrimp punching wow it's wild okay Cool. Yeah. So like I'm sure there's a lot of nuance to this that I'm missing Uh but I think the like the general answer is that you can actually, like, if he was screaming underwater, you could potentially pick that up. Okay. On sonar. Okay. All right. I, yeah, I guess I thought sonar was more like, I can detect a large object over here. But, like, I guess it also makes sense you could detect sound that waves. That too. That too. <laughs> well, I think it probably also has to do with, don't, you probably have to, like, listen in, right? Like, because you have to hear the sonar of your own ship as well. Yeah. So you probably need them to be quiet so you can hear shit that's being picked up on sonar, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sound. It's because sound is why. <laughs> Sounds and science. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. 
So anyways, I can't wait to be corrected on all of that. <laughs> I look forward to it. Sounds good to me. I mean, yeah, it sounds good, right? And I said it, so it, it seems like it could be a thing, but I can't wait to find out how fucking wrong oh, I am. No. <laughs> As per usual. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Are you ready to revisit Rio? No longer on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Okay. Sweet. So Rio is walking along the Italian countryside. Cute. It's almost surreal as children run out of a house directly up to them. <laughs> Gross. Fucking wild, but okay, children. <laughs> Gross. Ugh. That's, okay, that was Janot's response. She was like, <laughs> I ugh, I hate I it. I love Janot. She's like, ew. <laughs> Me that too. That girl's dress is so this... frumpy. Literally, okay. This poor yes, child like dress. Janot's literally like. It, it's talking about how they're so poor that it's patches on patches on patches is just the dress. And Rio's like, oh, give them some. Like, you know, the like Rio is like the soldiers that are handing rations off to the people in the towns that they drive through. And they talk about how the American soldiers, like, they brought so much hope and like they would do this stuff where they'd give their own food away and it meant so much to them. So Rio's like embodying that World War II soldier where it's like, give them something. And Juno's like, how about advice about how to dress? <laughs> And, like, I fucking love that. <laughs> and then oh, Jeannot does hand over half of her chocolate bar ration and then is like, oh, I hope you don't shit yourselves. Oh, my like, God. What the fuck, Jeannot? What the fuck? From start to finish, what the fuck? I love it. Don't ever change. Love- but what the fuck? I just love how in the beginning she was like oh my god it's gonna be so great we're gonna sit at a desk and bang hot guys and now she's just like everything fucking sucks fuck you (laughs) (laughs) this war sucks this dress sucks (laughs) this chocolate bar sucks like i hate it all (laughs) oh my god like if rio is like the 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 epitome of soldier Janot is all of us that would like actually yeah. like she's the voice in our heads. She's the realistic <laughs> manifestation. Yeah, she is very realistic. <laughs> the most realistic character. Yeah. I just came here to fuck and now I'm giving my chocolate bar that I hate to a child <laughs> in a dress that I hate. This is a nightmare. <laughs> I hate this. Oh no. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, she gets it, yeah. man. She just gets it. <laughs> The true hero. Uh. The true hero, <laughs> Janelle. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, well, anyways, uh, this little girl knows nothing about chocolate, I guess, because she's so pumped, so fucking pumped to get this terrible chocolate bar. Um, and then, like, they're just, they're all marching down the road, and they spot this prickly pear, and Tilo grabs one, like, avoiding the obvious spikes, but just gets pricked by, like, these little hair ones. And Hanzu Pang's like, oh, yeah, it's those little guys that you need to worry about, not the big ones. And Gear starts being like, oh, lots of prickly pears in Japan, huh? And Hanzu is like, no, you know where there are, though? In California, by the camp where they're keeping my grandparents, you fuck. Oh, my God. And Gear is like, yeah, he just, like, fucking throws down. I... I love I it. Fucking, uh, I fucking. Oh my god. Oh my god. Just fucking king over here. 
Oh, man. Like, fuck off gear. Fuck right off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Hanzu gets fucking pissed. And, like, and gear, like, comes back, like, well, how are you in the army and they're in a camp? And, like, Hanzu actually gets pissed at, actually gets pissed at him at this moment. Yeah. Straight up. Uh... And then, like, Stick cuts it off, blah, 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 blah. Like, we have to move on from the scene, which is, I guess. Um, and Kat spots some some tomatoes that are ripe. And, like, everybody loses their shit and starts, like, swiping these tomatoes, like, hell yeah, and, like, putting them in their pockets and their backpacks. And the farmer is right there. <laughs> and he, like, looks pissed, but, like, he doesn't say anything. But then as they keep going, he's like, can you fucking stop? And... Rio just like suddenly goes into her own head and she's like, I just don't like raw tomatoes. My leg hurts. I hate this. And then she spots a watermelon and loses her shit and like runs up ahead, grabs one, cuts it up with her knife and just starts like digging in and like spitting out the seeds. And everybody's commenting on like how efficient she is at spitting out watermelon seeds. (laughs) And this like, (laughs) yeah, then they have a contest. So like Kat, Jake, Tilo and Rio are all like in the spitting contest and it says they literally paused from the war to have this stupid contest. And the way that they get back to it is Cole comes over, reaches down, grabs a chunk of watermelon, spits the seed like 10 feet further than Cat, who is like the furthest one already. And he's like, do I have to show you guys how to do fucking everything? Get back to work. <laughs> I love Cole. I fucking love it like it blew my mind. I was like, What? You what now? <laughs> I love him so much. Oh, I love him oh so much. God. It was just Fucking wild. Best dad. Best dad. Best war dad best we've ever had. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> well, anyways, they do get back to the war. Um they keep marching on and they can see ahead after a while this partially collapsed barn and O'Malley calls a halt to everybody. And Rio's like, I agree. This barn gives me the heebie-jeebies. And as they look more closely, they can see that, like, there was this line of trees that would have hidden the barn from view, but there's all of these freshly cut ones so that the barn's visible. And then Rio's like, ooh, maybe it's not so the barn is visible. Maybe it's so that the road is visible. There's this clear line of sight. And that's about when Cole comes back and he says, okay, we've discussed the plan. We're going to leave two of the platoons here. They're going to start eating, pretending to take a break. We're going to feign nonchalance as the other two circle back towards the beach, then go left and right, break up, come up behind the barn. We go to a certain point. We all storm the barn at the same time. Great. Sounds good. So they start to enact this plan. Rio is one of the platoons that's going to circle back around the barn. And so they head off, like, trying to be cool, casual, play it, play it super cool. And then they turn around and start coming around this hill. And, like, they're passing through points where they're walking. Then they're passing through points where they have to, like, duck down low because there's no cover. And Rio is like, I'm dying. My leg hurts so fucking bad. I hate this. Um, And then when they finally get some cover, they stand up and they start running. And they're, like, closing in on this barn. They stop to, like, get a location, try and figure out if there's anybody in there. They spot a tank. And that's when Cole is like, oh, shit, this other platoon is in danger because of where they're coming from and how this is going to go for them. So I know we have this agreed upon time, but if we move in first and we make a move from this side, we can save some people. So Cole, like, throws this back to Rio at some point and is like, hey, what would you do? And Rio's like, I don't know, just fucking tell me. And Cole's like, you can't be a private forever. And, like, 
Rio's not happy with this. She just wants to be private forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cole makes this call. They take off in two divisions. The first group includes Rio, and they drop their packs so that they can move faster and make this mad dash into open space. And they see, like, right in the open, this Italian soldier steps out of the back of the barn but doesn't spot them immediately. And Rio's like, if he would just, like, listen, he would hear us coming. So she gets told to drop and hit the dirt to get a shot on him. But then the second half of the platoon comes running past her, blocking her view. And the guy spots them right at that moment. So they move past her. This man starts to run back towards the barn. He's going to, like, get people, try to get them in the tank, try to, like, put up a stand. But Rio fucking gets him in her sights and fires. And she watches as he's running. He reaches around like he's trying to scratch a difficult spot on his back. And then there's a blood spurt. And two steps later, he falls to the ground. And then Rio hears, hold your fire, hold your fire. And there is a rake being held out with a white flag on it. And that is how they capture these Italian troops. Yikes. And right, yeah, it's wild. And, like, after this initial tension where they, like, caught people and this was, like, a skirmish, they actually just kind of all chill out. And, like, the American soldiers start sharing cigarettes. And they're like, you guys are cool. So they, like, share the wine. And then they're, like, trying to say shit in Italian to each other and English and, like, all having a a great time. And they wind up taking these people back to O'Malley. And Sergeant Cole gets interrogated about, like, why did you not do the agreed-upon time thing? And... Cole is, like, a little, like, hesitant, like, uh, because, like, all of these reasons where I would, you know, I thought it would be good because we'd save these people, they were in danger, blah, blah, blah. And O'Malley's like, all right, man, I'm not giving you carte blanche, which is how I say that, and I'm realizing as it came out of my mouth that if Tim was here, he would make fun of me for something, I'm sure of it. Anyways, he's like, I'm not just saying you can fucking disobey my orders anytime you want, but good job today, man, you saved some lives. And Cole is kind of like, oh, Okay, and like backs away like all right thanks dude uh and then they're they're like okay well we need somebody to take these captures down to the beach and rio gets picked because her leg has been bleeding on and off this whole time and they're like rio you really fucking need to get that checked out like you can't just do this and so they're like okay you're going back to the medics and bb you're going with her and they're like why is bb going with her and cole's like because i watched you eat shit When you were running to the barn earlier, you got dirt in your gun and it's still there. And if you need to learn anything about staying alive, you should probably fucking talk to Rio. (laughs) So that's why they sent him back. Because he's incompetent. Oh no, he's just a baby. He's just a baby. He is a little baby. He's just a baby. (laughs) The little baby. Oh my god. I smell a promotion for a call. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I know he got demoted, so I feel like he has to work ten times as hard to get promoted, but, like, it'd be sweet. Yeah. He's good at stuff. He is. He keeps people alive. He cares about people. That's why he got demoted. I think he might be the best man of them all. He might be the best man of them all. The best man of them all. Although Hansu Pang's getting up there for me. Like Oh yeah, Hansu Pang is like fucking, fucking great. Fucking He's like, "Thanks for saving my life gear, but also fuck you." And I was just like, "Yes." Tell him. Yeah, that was great. Oh, that was a great fucking I love line. It. Oh. I love it too. I like oh, there is like a weird thing going on between Gear and Hansu where it's like 
Gear keeps egging him on, but like anytime Hansu fights back, Gear's just like, yeah, all right. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like yeah. sincerely shocked that we are this far into the book, which I know we're not done with the recap, sorry, um, but I'm just bringing this up now. We're this far <laughs> into the book, and like Jack is still barely in it. Like, I really thought, yeah. they, like, he was introduced as, like, a player character, and he's still, like, mentioned every, you know, every once in a while. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That, I mean, I even, when I was recapping this, I had to, I was flipping back to the watermelon scene, because there was, like, some detail, and, like, I realized that there was four of them. Like, in my head, it was like, Jack is so not a part of the story. It's like, oh, Kat, Tilo, Rio. And I was like, Jack was there? Jack was there? When did Jack even get on the beach? When is... Right. What? Has Jack been here the whole time? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking Jack. Anyways. Baby. Yeah, so uh, do you want to talk to Frangie now for a little bit? T- oh, this... Wait, yeah, it's this scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. no, sorry. That's not the scene I was looking for. Oh, no, that's the one after Yeah, yeah, this. yeah, okay, yes. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. okay. I know, I know what you're talking about okay. now. Yeah. Um, This one was hard for me to write, so I'm going to definitely be leaning on us both kind of remembering the feelings of this more than anything, because this was a very, like, in-her-head yeah. chapter. Yeah. So... I will summarize what happened and then we can dig into it. But yes. Uh, so Frangie is treating people when the doctor, Dr. John Frame, MD, uh, appears. And behind that MD, Frangie is like, that is magic. This is amazing. <laughs> so she has been working here at this medic tent because most of Walter Green's platoon had been killed or wounded and they're scattered everywhere. So she is just de facto working here. And so the doctor walks in. She quickly catches him up on, like, all of the injuries that they were treating and why. And he just goes, good. And that's it. And, like, Frangie's like, oh, man, this guy is a man of few words. And I fucking hate that because I'm dying to ask this guy so many questions. <laughs> like, this guy is living the dream of what I want. So she's like, okay, I'll hold it in. It's fine. Uh, so they're going, doing the rounds. Uh, the doctor has her do some paperwork to get some people sent home, some people staying, blah, blah, blah. And then she comes back in to help treat again. And they're joined by the white nurse who they is like, you should go take a break. Like, you've been doing this forever. And instead of questioning it, she just takes off. She's like, listen, if you don't take your moments when you can when you're in the military, then you will never stop yep, working. Yep. So she heads out. And she heads up this beach, and it's like, it was very much this feeling of, like, when you walk out of a movie theater in the daytime, and, like, she walks through the tent flaps, and then she looks up, and she's like, what? There's a world out here? Like, what is all this? Yeah. <laughs> like, so she's overwhelmed by, like, there's ships out here and soldiers, and this is so much broader than I thought it was. Like, in my head, it was just, like, my platoon and my people, but there's thousands of people here. And then she starts thinking about, like, all of the injuries that she's treated. Like, everything starts hitting her from, like, the people that are completely eviscerated and their organs are coming out and the people that are missing a toe because they shot themselves in the Mm -hmm. foot and, like, 
people that have barely any injuries and people that are completely dead. And, like, she goes all the way back to, like, when she was in basic and the injuries there. And it's just overwhelming her. And so kind of in a daze, she heads into the mess tent and she just holds out her little tin and they give her, like, chicken and green beans and cherry cobbler. And she goes and she finds a place on the beach to sit down on a palm tree and eat. And she didn't even realize that she was starving until she started eating. And then she's, like just ravenous so she's tearing into this food and she's like zoning out and having these moments and then she finishes up and she pulls out this picture of her family and starts trying to write this letter and like this letter is just lies (laughs) it's just like i'm doing okay i'm pretty safe (laughs) like things are okay and like none of that is true to the point that she's so like into like she's so used to shit that there's this plane that flies down and she doesn't even realize it until it's really close and it starts strafing the beach and she just ducks behind the tree and she's like oh well okay and then it drops some bombs and one's near the med tent and so she just shoves everything into her pockets and bolts to go help this new wave of injured people that would be coming in and as they're doing it she's sorting them into the three categories of like the people that are going to be fine if they sit here for a while and will go back to the front lines the people that are injured but if we help them now we can save them and the people that we have to give morphine to until they pass and she felt pretty lucky that only one of them fell into that category where they needed morphine until they pass so she's working on this guy and he's crying for his ma and frangie's starting to lose it like nope you'll be fine you'll be fine and like then he realizes that his mom's not there and then he kind of goes back into calling for his mom again and she says jesus help this boy And the white nurse comes over and is trying to, like, say, hey, you can't do that. You can't say that. If you start, like, calling for Jesus, they're going to know. And she, Frangie just kind of, like, loses it. She's like, it's fine. He's on his way out. He's not going to freak out. And the nurse looks at her and is like, you can't do that, though. You need to be comforting, but you can't internalize this because this is too much. People are going to die. We are going to see this. And like Frangie tries to argue a little bit more and the nurse goes okay well crying's not going to change anything and that's when Frangie realizes like she is crying like there's just tears all the way down her face so she takes this moment where she steps away she looks out of the tent and across the beach through her blurried vision she sees Rio just casually walking with this group of prisoners shit yeah yeah she loses it a little bit I was waiting for this moment (laughs) Yeah, me too. Oh my god. So fucking harsh. Yeah, so fucking harsh. And, like, it's really hard to summarize, like, the feeling of chapters like that because it's, like, there's so much... Like, there's so much built and written in this way that, like, you can just feel how much it's kind of snowballing on her. Mm Like, at first, she can kind of maintain, maintain, and then she starts to break, and then finally she snaps when she's with a patient. Yeah. And, like, the buildup happens the whole chapter. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, you did a great job, though. And, like, so much of this writing is, like, showing and not telling. Yeah. And even just you, like, you know, rec- recapping the events is, like, God, that last moment where she's, like, walking out of the tent crying and she just, like, mm-hmm. sees... I'm like, oh, God, it's so good. 
It's so good. Fuck. It is so good. Fuck. Oh, man. Should we dive into this next chapter, then? Yeah. All right. So for once, we pick up immediately. And this is our first duo chapter, where we got Rio Mm -hmm. and Frangie. Nice. So I was excited about that. Yeah. Talk about boys. Uh, Talk about boys. Like, literally. So literally, it's the most wild scene ever because they have just like found chairs they're sitting calm on the beach calm as can be rio has her leg up in frangie's lap as frangie's stitching her up and they're like talking and joking and like you know all this wild shit and uh that's when they realize like or sorry this is when rio says this is how i want to go like i would just like to be shot through the head right now sitting on this beach like this is chill as fuck and Frangie was like, oh, I'd appreciate if you got shot through the head because then, you know, I would hate for you to make more work for us. And, like, Frangie shocks herself when she says that out loud. And then, like, looks at Rio horrified. And then Rio just starts, like, cackling. Like, this is the funniest <laughs> shit she's ever heard. Oh, oh, no. Like, it's wild. So they're just, like, having this giggle fit outside. And um, then Frangie goes, ooh, like, I wonder if this is disrespectful to, like, the people because she can look behind her and see like the stretcher where the guy just fucking died that she freaked out about recently and that's when rio's like no no no, you have to laugh you have to mm-hmm. so they have that moment and then as rio is finishing like you know she's done getting stitched up she pulls out the picture she has of strand and frangie looks at it and comments like oh he's so handsome he looks like so and so blah 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 and frangie starts to ask oh are you two and rio's like only once and then she's like oh no oh no you weren't asking about sex you were asking if we were engaged oh Oh, no oh my god yeah and that leads into this conversation that like probably should just be like read honestly but like it's basically just the two of them having these discussions of like Rio saying all the thoughts that have been running through her mind. Like, I don't feel any different. Why is not being a virgin important? Like, why, like, why is this happening? I think it's, it doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. And then Frangie, like in her own way, like Rio's gone that far. Frangie's like, well, war has fucked me up too. Like I drank and Rio's like, black people don't drink. And Frangie's like, Baptist people don't drink. And Rio's like, sorry, like, I don't know shit about anything. (laughs) which is plainly obvious. But uh, yeah, so the two of them are just talking about like how far beyond their morals they've changed. And it's super interesting because they're at two completely different points. Like Rio is basically at this point, like plenty of women have premarital sex. It's fine. And Frangie's like, I can't believe I drank that one time, but I guess I might be forgiven eventually. Like they're they're so vastly different. And like, yet... The conversation is judgmental from Frangie's end, but not as much as I expected it to be. Yeah. It's wild. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so they just, they kind of go through this. They have this whole interaction and the culmination of this conversation is that they're deciding how far war is going to fuck them up. Like how much, how manlike are they going to become or how far are they going to have to compromise themselves for this and of course, they don't know. And so on this very light note, Rio says she has to go or decides to go because they're like, well, we've done all the damage we can here. See you later. I hope war is good to you. Great. 
See you later. Um, and Rio starts looking for Bibi, who she was in charge of but lost. And eventually she gives up and settles down for the night on the edge of this camp where other soldiers have established this, you know, fire and places. She just kind of hangs out on the edge because she doesn't want to identify that she's a woman. She sleeps there. Next morning, she's up with the sun and she starts looking for Bibi again. And she's walking past all of these ships and crates that are all dumping supplies on the beach. And eventually she spots him, but has to do a double take. Because he is leading a sad-looking donkey with one of his ears half-chewed off, pulling a cart. And she's just like, how the fuck did this happen now? <laughs> so she she goes over to see, like, what the fuck? And she finds that in this cart there's, like, cigarettes and stuff. And it's all stacked up over these boxes of fresh fruit that he's disguising. And Rio's kind of like, all right, you're cool. So they go to head off. This donkey, of course, is a literal ass. And not moving and then <laughs> decides eventually to leave because the donkeys and um <laughs> because donkeys they, because donkeys and i feel like i've explained enough by saying that honestly <laughs> you might not think so but i do <laughs> you have donkey opinions i do have donkey opinions i love them i would have a donkey any day if i could have a donkey i would have one right now do i think he's gonna listen to me no, I don't. <laughs> so there. I mean, listen, donkeys are literally there to fight off coyotes, wolves, cougars, whoever's coming after your cows. You put a donkey out there to grab them by the throat and bitch slap them into the ground until death. Do you really think this donkey's going to be like, yeah, I'm afraid of you. I guess I'll move your cart. No. <laughs> Vicious. Yeah, donkeys are fucking great. <laughs> metal babies little metal as fuck <laughs> okay anyways donkey opinions aside um back to what we were doing They're, the donkey is going they're taking the supplies back to meet up with everybody and as they're going they're hearing these like far off explosions and gunshots and blah 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 because there is apparently a huge fight that's taking place that they are just trying to skirt around and avoid and they do have to ask a local for help. And when they try to ask him the directions, he, like, pretends he can't hear them at all. And then Bibi gives him a pack of cigarettes and he smiles. They see his four teeth. He's so excited. And he points them in the right direction. And so they go. They eventually find everybody. And Gear is the one who's on guard. And instead of asking for the password when he sees this donkey, he's just like, what the hell? <laughs> and it's like Bibi's the one that's like, oh, what about the password? And, like, he's like, I don't fucking remember it. And BB remembers it. And, like, is not giving this guy shit, but, like, very much like, ha, I remembered and you didn't. And I like <laughs> that for him. He's such a baby. He is just a baby. Oh, my God. He's such a child. I yeah. Him. <laughs> he is such a child. He's so, so sweet. Sweet yeah. summer child. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But yeah, so Cole comes over and Cole's like, good, good job, Rio. And Rio's like, this was, this was all BB. This wasn't me. And he's like, huh. All right. And like, suddenly <laughs> Cole has like respect for him. Like, cool. I like this guy. Aw. Oh, man. Uh, but because they had walked the donkey in the cart and brought them stuff the you know, they get to go take a break. And so Rio goes to sit down with Janot. And they're sitting under this tree in some shade, like, hanging out. And they have this moment where, like, Rio is like, oh, I saw Frangie. And Juno's like, oh, how is she? And 
It was like, I think she's thinking too much. Like, she's not doing well. She's, like, upset and she can't be. She needs to, like, do better at, like, compartmentalizing this. And that, like, leads to this other conversation that they're having about the mannishness. Like, how much the war is changing them. How much they're going to become, like, a man. And Rio brings that up to Jeannot, that from that conversation with Frangie. And Jeannot goes... Oh, you think you're mannish because of... And then, like, gestures towards her chest. And Rio goes, no, you catty witch. And the two of them just start giggling. Like, oh. it was, like, this crazy moment of they're back. They're girls in, in Gedwell Falls. And everything is the same as it was a year ago. And then they both go quiet. And they're having these memories of when, like, when they were back home. And how wildly different their lives were a single year ago. And Rio is like in this super deep thought, but then kind of starts overhearing like, you know, snip snippets of conversation that's happening around here. And she's hearing Cole start complaining about the search and rescue mission and like, tell him that's not what we are. And I told so-and-so that's not what we are. And they ran it up to this guy and we ran it up to this guy. And he just says, they are not a fucking knitting circle. Do whatever I want. And uh, she's vaguely hearing this going on. And then Cole saying, well, Stick can't do it because his foot's swollen because he stepped in nettles. And that's when Rio kind of looks up to see them all in front of her. And Cole is looking directly at her. And she does this like comedic double take behind her. Like, who's who is he talking to? He's not talking to me. <laughs> but of course, there's no one else behind her. And Cole's like, are you able to walk on that leg? Because you're about to volunteer. Ah! <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. So at this point, having had all of those chapters in a row of being in war, uh, Alex forgot the mission at hand with Rainy. So Alex was shocked at this next chapter. And it is the last one. So there's a cliffhanger that I warned you about previously. Wait, did I read this? I had I had to have. No. No, I didn't read this one. Oh, no. <gasps> Alex, I didn't oh, read this no. one. I didn't read this oh, one. Oh, no. Oh, no. Do you want me to stop there? I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know what to do now. I do, you, probably... do you want me to stop? I could read it, like, in, in like, five minutes, probably. <laughs> Just, like, real quick <laughs> on the podcast. Do you want to? I, I kinda, cause this was, you know, this was my fuck up. It's only like, you know, a couple pages. No, I wrote I chapter know. 17, then chapter 17 through part three. So it is short though. And it is very good. I would like to talk to you about this if you're willing. Yeah, of course. All right. Okay. I guess. Let's do it. Give me five minutes. I guess. All right. I will. Ha have yourself a bathroom break or something. I'm, I'm going to read this live on the podcast. All right. I'm just going to listen for your reactions and answer messages. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Five minutes later. Whoa. <laughs> I knew it. Whoa. What the fuck? Right? Oh, my God. Right? Holy shit. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Okay. Wow. Yeah, right? That's not good. That's not good at all. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. You want me to summarize it? Yeah. 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 Please. Okay. Okay. So Rainy is trudging down the street, miserable because her shoes are too tight and everything sucks, and the gun is chafing. And they had waited for the sun to start to rise before traveling down this road towards the town. At this early hour, the only thing that seemed to pass them were these trucks that were comedically stuffed with vegetables. And Cisco's swagger had returned. But he was also humiliated, so he was being an ass on top of it. They were following this donkey cart for quite a while, keeping the same distance, until it was stopped by the border guards. And Rainey's trying to figure out what they were going to do, because Cisco doesn't speak Italian. And they come up with the brilliant plan. Well, sorry, they... Rainy comes up with a brilliant plan that they look so beat up with like the whole thing that had gone down in the sub and then like walking here that she's like, okay, we got mugged. We got beat the fuck up. You got hit so bad that you can't talk. And Cisco's like, I can talk. And she's like, shut up, shut up. No, think this through. You can't talk because you can't speak Italian. So <laughs> this is the plan that they're going to go with. They approach the the guards and Rainy sees that the one of them is a 14 year old kid, the one with the gun. And she gets there and she said, I'm this man's wife. And we were accosted on the road and mugged and he's beaten so badly he can't even speak. And there's all this like, oh, oh, no, that's so horrible. Well, we can't do anything, but we'll definitely pass along to our superiors and they will find the guys that did this. And Rainy is like, "Okay, sure. Um, but the, the ruse worked basically like they barely glanced at the papers that were forged for them and they were let into the city. So they continue walking. And as they travel through the city, they get to a more populated area. They're passing like houses that are suddenly becoming more populous. And they go past like a little bakery that Cisco's like, we should stop there. And Rainy's like, no, you still can't speak Italian. You dumb idiot. Um, and they're going like past propaganda posters that Rainey's translating, and there's a Mussolini statue, which Rainey is somewhat surprised when Cisco starts trash talking Mussolini. And Cisco's like, Well, he hasn't been good for my people's business. And Rainey's like, Ah, yes, the business of organized crime. And he's like, Eh, potato, <laughs> potato, you know. Um, so they keep traveling until they find this house where they were supposed to go. And Rainey knocks on the door, and this guard comes out, and Cisco's like, Hey, I'm Cisco Camporel from New York. And something about the way he said it, the guy was like, all right, let's him in. And they enter this like mildewy entryway and they can hear these sounds of people having breakfast upstairs, like knives and forks scratching on plates and like low talking. And the guard pats Cisco down for weapons and is disappointed at finding nothing. Rainy, he just looks in her bag and is like, all right. And he calls upstairs. This man comes galloping down the stairs, wiping his mouth with a napkin going, who are you? Who are you people? And Rainy answers back in Italian. And the guy's confused and he looks at Cisco and he's like, okay, yeah. So like once he places them, he claps his hand on Cisco's shoulder. He's like, hey, I'm your cousin. I'm Tommaso. And Cisco's like, oh, it's nice to meet you and calls him Tom. And then he's like, uh, Tom goes, how's your trip? And Cisco goes, fucking awful. And it's all her fault, gesturing to Rainy. And then he says, as a made man and your cousin, I only have one request. Give me a gun so I can shoot this Jew bitch in her smart mouth. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, fucking yeah. Cause like, you know, Rainy kept pointing out like, oh, he's humiliated. Like he's pissed. Like uh-huh. I don't have a good feeling about this. And yeah, when he said, I was like, oh shit, they were building up to this. Yeah. And then the next chapter back to Rio. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
fucking wild. Shit. Fucking frightened. Out of control. Oh, Just I, out of control. I hope Rainy is okay. I hope Rainy's okay. Yeah, me too. <sighs> I can't believe that fucking well, cliffhanger. Uh, so, because I didn't read that last chapter, I was thinking like, oh, like, because Cole kept saying like, oh, Rio, you're not going to be a private forever. When he said like, you're about to volunteer, I was that's where i was like oh shit she's gonna become like a you know whatever the next thing is and so oh, that's man. what i thought you meant by cliffhanger and it's like oh no this pales in comparison to what actually yeah. you're referring to yeah shit. i i was like yeah it is a wild cliffhanger and then when you're like i didn't read that i was like oh rio shit isn't even fucking in my mind <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh yeah i mean i guess yeah but yeah. yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. Oh. Well. <laughs> like, I, I don't for... know how we got to, like, mobster movie in wartime, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a component I thought we would explore. Nope. Oh. Well. Yep. Fuck. Yep. I've got nothing else to add. I also don't have nothing else to add. That was... I'm stunned. (sighs) This fucking book series, man. I swear. I know. Like, what are we getting ourselves into? Pain and misery, you know, per the norm. Okay. If it's just that. Well, any last thoughts? (laughs) Nah, I'm frightened and excited for the next part so excited i'm really really excited to read the next part it's gonna be may (laughs) it's not still gonna be april (laughs) yeah well who knows by the time this goes up there's no way to tell yeah oh boy well we did a we did a podcast we did it welcome most of it was about cheese Welcome to our cheese podcast. <laughs> it's called Can You Bree Leave It? Oh, that's very good. <laughs> it's not. It's not a good name. It's extremely. It's good. That's like Tim Horse Girl's energy right there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. I will name our cheese podcast every week with a different cheese pun. <laughs> You cheddar believe it. (laughs) Uh, I hope I don't Colby jack this one up. Oh, no. (laughs) Fuck. We have to leave. We have to stop. Yeah. Um, Speaking of horse girls. Speaking of horse girls, email me all of your cheese name puns at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. And also send them to me on Facebook at Animorphs Anonymous or the Apple Grant Book Club or join our super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites, and just start sharing cheese pun names, but don't explain yourself ever. If they're not caught up, this is on them. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter at Anon, at Apple Grant Cast, or uh, Instagram at Apple Grant Cast, right? And then Anamorsanonymous. Yeah, it's, an- it's yep, yep, yep. Apple Grant Cast. Yeah, see, nailed it. We did Funny. our best with the characters we had. Yeah, sometimes Twitter doesn't like 
anything all the time most of the time yeah yeah every time Uh, where the fuck else are we? I'm putting old episodes of Animorphs Anonymous on our YouTube site, or our YouTube page, YouTube account, YouTube, uh, Strong Shape International, which we also share with the Cadmus Crisis Boys. Uh, go catch up on Animorphs Anonymous there. Yep. If you want. I want. What the fuck else? Um, I want... To go to a Discord server and talk to Casey and Alex and other people. Hell yeah. Because um, that's a thing you can do. Uh, it, hit us up on our socials. We'll get you the link. Come chill with us. Play Wordle. Look at people's beautiful pets. And just vibe. Just vibe. No thoughts. Uh, just vibes. No thoughts. Singlethoughtconnection.com. Singlethoughtconnection.com. You also, in our Discord, can listen to how wrong we are about war things. Dan will educate you. So. <laughs> High value. You can do this. <laughs> uh, you can appeal to us. If you are a man, you can appeal to us to not throw you in a man dumpster. Yes, you may do that. That, that also well. happens. Yeah. Every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what if I am sick of all of this and I just want to go read quietly in the corner? That's read in the corner. Let's, Let's read, read in the spot. Mick. Oh. <laughs> Let's read a webcomic that I make and draw. It's called B-Side You. You can go read that for free at bsideyoucomic.com. You can read it on Tapas and Webtoons. You can start fights on Tapas and Webtoons and talk to other people about characters in my comic. <laughs> because apparently that's a thing now. Um, you can fight other people <laughs> over fictional characters. Um, or if you want to not fight and just help me make the comic and support the comic directly, you can go to patreon.com slash kcdstudios and fucking do that. Uh, you can get early access pages, you can get work in progress pages, and some other stuff that I put up there occasionally. So, yeah. Yeah. And at the most reasonable tier, for $836 a month, you can get the Slater cast that Dan and I do. And you know what? We did talk in the Discord about maybe having a guest on. And Dan and I don't like our views to be challenged because they are correct and everyone else is wrong. But um, we might... You can find out. Yep. <laughs> I like it. I oh, kind good. of want to make a Slater cast t-shirt. <laughs> My God, please, please. I'm choking to death. Okay. Please, please make a Slater cast t-shirt. Please. Okay. Okay. I will. Oh my good. God. Please. Oh, <laughs> I will sell it on T public. It'll be our first merch for Animorphs Anonymous. will be a Slater cast t-shirt. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Oh, God. Love it. So good. (laughs) Can you Um, make it, like, uh, ink that's, like, UV so that, like, it's Slater cast t-shirt, but then you go in the sun, it's the shirtless Slater pick? What? Is that a thing? I think so. Wasn't it a thing in the 90s, like, your shirt would change in the sun? I feel like it's a thing. Okay. I don't remember that. Okay, we'll look it up later. We'll dangerous. either look it okay, up yeah, we'll or we'll invent the technology. One of the two. Okay, that sounds fucking dope. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, fuck, damn it. All right, I've done the supporting of the Slater cast. 
that has Alex on it and Dan and fuck shit. I want to listen to more fucking awesome podcasts about things. Alex, where can I listen to more podcasts about things? Oh man. Well, if you liked big cheese energy, check out horse girls because we bring that naming energy (laughs) to every episode. (laughs) And by we, I mean specifically Tim and I love him for that. And he's great, but also Jenna's there. And Jenna knows things about horses, and I know things about horses, and Tim will soon also know all of the things about horses. We're going to make him ride a horse soon. It's great. This is Horse Girls. I haven't told you what this podcast is about. Well, let's sit right down and have a talk about it. It is where we read YA novels, currently Heartland, soon to be others, and we discuss them. This might sound similar to other podcasts that I do, like this one. (laughs) (laughs) But it is just about horses, though. So also that. And there's a quiz. And the quiz is the best. Casey can attest to the quiz being the best. It's so fun. I'm so bad at it. It's great. Um, Yeah. So Horse Girls. That's one. I am also, if you like Animorphs, and you're here, so hopefully you do, I am on uh, Dungeons and Draken Beams, which is an Animorphs D&D podcast where I play some idiot teenager with a death wish that is ready to rage and fight some yerks um based on this week's episode probably gonna die soon any minute now but it's yeah. fun it is very fun and it's uh, an au D game it's great we play it with people that are cool and we love them and it's a great time so yeah check it out um you heard about the chemist crisis boys if that ever boots back up I'll be on Canvas to Crisis, but there's a backlog, if you like. Um, it is on hiatus. And is that... Did I do them all? I think so. I guess I'm on an occasional Twitch stream now. <laughs> Dinos with Alex. But that's different. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to talk about that yeah. one quite yet. Oh, no. We can, though. It's uh... twitch.tv slash apdubs with two Bs. Or two Ds. Yeah, Bs. I got confused. I went dyslexic. It's fine. Cut this one. I don't want to say this one. Cut it. I changed my mind. Um, we're going to do more art corners uh, at some point in the future. Yeah, we're going to do more art corners. Uh, yeah, like, they're fucking great and fun. And Alex and I and Austin probably will be there. And we're just going to hang out and draw and and vibe and and joke. And mm-hmm. just go to twitch.tv slash drop, CZ drop, S-E-E-Z-Y Thank drop. you. And just subscribe to that, and, and Twitch will, like, tell you when things are happening if you want to ever watch us draw. So go, go do that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Casey does great. I stumble through it. And Austin does have to be there because no! he is running the stream. So there's <laughs> no other option. <laughs> uh what else? Thank you to Jess for our awesome theme music. Thank you, uh, Jess. She's on Twitter at, at It's Reese. Yes. And uh, is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. That's it. Fuck. We're halfway through Silver Stars. Oh, my God. We are. That's. I mean, we're more than we have to be. Well, maybe we're less than halfway through. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Anyway, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. I am so excited for this. What? (laughs) I am too. Ah! Oh, man. Yeah. (sighs) 
let's go eat watermelon and spit the seeds out and see who can spit the seed the furthest. That's my vote for the activity. I will do my best. I have never actually spit out watermelon seeds before, but I'll try. I feel like I usually get seedless watermelon, so I'm not going to be good at it either. But okay. I like watermelon, so. I like watermelon too. I'm you know what? I'm really I didn't, but I'm really coming around on watermelon. You didn't like watermelon? It's it was fine, okay? Like it's just water yeah, suspended yeah, yeah. and gritty. And I didn't love that. <laughs> It's so gritty. You're right. It's a gritty fruit. It's very gritty. And I I didn't love that. But like, I've been encouraged recently to try it by friends. And you know what? It's actually, it's pretty good. It is pretty good. Okay. All right. I'm into that. Yeah. We're all growing as people. I don't know. We are. We are growing as people. It is so gritty though. It's super so gritty. gritty. It's so gritty. It's like sand. Wet Ugh. sand. I don't like sand. It's coarse and irritating and it gets everywhere.